Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Talks and Chill. We're your hosts, I'm Tony Serrato. I'm Gavin Butts. I'm Patrick Wall. And we have a special guest here with us. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? My name is Brian Williams, a.k.a. Big B. <laughs> right. And uh, I am the director of marketing <laughs> and the programmer for the Sunscreen Film Festival. Nice, nice. And uh, we actually met you at the Sunscreen Film yes, Festival did. this year. Yep. <laughs> uh, didn't get a lot of chance to talk. I mean, you guys got a lot going on, so... <laughs> Yeah, we're um, especially in my position. I do a lot of the behind the scenes, um, making sure that the festivals continue to run and making sure that everyone is having the true experience at sunscreen. You know, uh, we want to make sure that people are having like the you know spectacular experience of a of a celebrity. And that's a whole thing is taking the locals. And bringing them to an environment where they can feel special for that day. Absolutely. You did a great job. That was an amazing yeah. event. That we uh, went yeah. Thank you. Yeah, before anything else, thank you guys for letting us come out there. We really had a great time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I kind of uh, first got a hold of uh, Tony Armour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was mainly the only person I knew at the time that had a contact there. I knew he founded it. and uh, But then we met you guys and a yep. couple other people. And uh, we got to do interviews. So it was really cool. Uh, you guys were very cooperative with us and uh, very gracious and generous with us being there. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. And my teammates, uh, um, Doug and Ben uh, with the Scatter Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we've been working very hard to, you know, keep this thing going and keep what, you know, Tony created 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that it's very strong. Uh, we have a big community at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll just kind of kick it off with a couple questions here. Okay. So um, what kind of got you into the Sunscreen Film Festival? What got you into that oh, area? <laughs> <laughs> so I probably said this we're gonna, we're gonna this story. time on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I probably said this story a million times. If you've ever been at the festival or heard me at the award ceremony, um, I started, you know, 10 years ago as a student uh, with Tony Armour. He was an instructor at the Art Institute. And, um, but I was the kid that just never gave up. Like, <laughs> I, I stayed after his class. Um, he also taught um, advanced editing and film studies mm-hmm. and, like, film history, basically. So um, I stayed after class, and I was like, so what do you really do? And he laughed. He chuckled. He was like, ah, um, I run this little small festival called the Sunscreen Film Festival. Um, later on, the class will have an opportunity to go and volunteer. So I was like, oh, man, that's cool. I've never been to something like that. I come from a small town uh, outside of Lakeland called Winter Haven, mm-hmm. and we've never seen anything like that. So my first time going, I didn't know what to expect. So the first year, I show up as a volunteer and met so many different connections just as a volunteer. I was I was starstruck. I was like, this is the place to be. This is how I'm going to start my career. And somehow I need to be a part of this fantastic like organization right. so from that point on um i told tony i was like hey you know continue to invite, invite me out if you if you like my work you know as a volunteer please you know let me do this and then it just i just stuck around i literally stuck around he liked my work ethnic <laughs> and he was like hey um we need to we need to bring you on uh, we need to bring you on the team and um it just went from being the marketing uh, a social media director at mm-hmm. one point then I went from social media director to uh, marketing director. Uh, and then from marketing director, he pulled me, um, Doug, and Ben <laughs> together and was like, hey, um, you guys have been here the longest. Um, and we're going through some changes right now. But we want to give you this opportunity because we believe that you have the best interest for the festival. Because right. you guys have been here the longest and you know what goes on. 
So why not run the festival? Program the festival. And after that, we were like, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll, baby. And then, and then the last three years has been fantastic. It's just, yeah. And that's how I've stayed with the, the festival. Nice. That, that's a big honor, too, to have when someone says, hey, you know, start out volunteering and you get to a point to where, you know, you're doing a job and now he's like, hey, we're ready to hand this off to you. I mean, that's coming from a person like, you know, in the past, I've done production stuff and just being able to release the reins to somebody like yeah. that. That's yeah. not the most comfortable thing to do, but that shows how much confidence he had in you. Yeah, he has and, a lot of trust. Oh, yeah. A lot of trust. Oh, yeah. And I saw you guys, we, we all saw you running around. I mean, you guys are doing everything. I mean, well, keeping yeah. that thing on point. All of them. I mean, like everyone was running. It seemed like, you know, there was there was a little bit of like of a lull when everyone yeah. was in there. But then and then it turned into the madhouse again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we um we all have our, our interesting ways of like uh, controlling the festival. So it's good that it's three programmers instead of one um, because – you know, we can also help each other out on the weaknesses that we have. Mm. Um, so for one, like Ben, Ben is really good with like relationships, you know, dealing with like the, the, the filmmakers, uh, sending out the emails, making sure that they get their stuff on, on time, mm. submitting their films. Mm. Um, Doug is a little bit more on the technical side <laughs> of it. So he's the one that likes to set it up completely. And then for me, I like to work on the culture side of the festival. Which is kind of like the, the touch points, basically mm-hmm. the red carpet, um, yeah, the okay. swag, uh, social media. Like I, I love that aspect, but it all comes together because without the two other guys, then what I do will be extremely challenging because yeah. if I don't have inward information from the <laughs> filmmakers, we don't know how to market the festival to them. Right. Yeah. Or to uh, to other people. So it's very important that we have this dynamic that we have. It's just, it's it's three of us, but it's, it's three for a reason, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that we we work very well together, and uh, we worked on. They actually was um, the Scatter Brothers were my first internship that I ever had. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. uh, and, oh, that's cool. And it's and it's funny that like I was their first intern, and then from that point on. Now I'm working with them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it was a cool dynamic. I was like, wow, this is this is pretty awesome. <laughs> right. So, That's a pretty yeah. cool story. I like that. Yeah. It just shows you how how inner interweave things can get. Like you you think of the community, you know, St. Pete area, Pinellas yeah. County areas is it's a big area in general. Yeah. But then how you can really tightly weave that community of, of production, filmmakers, uh Film initi- uh, you know, aficionados, you know, yeah. if you will. Cinephiles, I think. C- cinephiles. Yeah. Cinephiles. Yeah. cinephiles. Cinephiles. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, to the point that you made, though, I, I agree. I like when you have those backdrops, like for people to take photos, you have those red carpets, you have that mm-hmm. stuff. That makes a difference from, because it was at the AMC Theaters at the Sundial. Yeah. Uh, it's where the Sunscreen Film Festival is at. But if you walked into just the theater as the theater, you know, it's one thing. But yeah. then you see this little, all the... You know the production swag and the film festival. It makes you feel like, hey, this place has been transformed into that something. And the backdrops that were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then there's you know some posters of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so do they do they get submitted to you, or is that part of your marketing campaign? No, uh, those those posters actually get sent to us by the filmmakers. Okay, okay. Um, they can mail them in, or they literally they come in like hours before the festival mm-hmm. and they drop them off, or we give them the option where. Hey, uh, we talk to AMC and we say, hey, we're going to put these posters in here. And mostly all the, the feature films. Um, mm-hmm. We want to cater to them uh, and give them the spotlight yeah. that they need. The shorts, 
you know, the guys, they literally, these guys who shoot the shorts, they are like, they run mayhem. Like, they, they go out and they go throughout the entire theater posting up their own posters and stuff. But just because it's, the, it's them trying to celebrate their own uh, right. films and trying to get it out there. So, it's pretty cool to see how the, you know, the, the short guys, how they market their films compared to the, the feature the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's, it's cool. I really, I really enjoy it. So. What has been, um, is there a particular year that you've done this that's been like, like a wow factor year? Like, I, I'm sure it's exciting every year to be yeah. part of this. Is there like one year in particular, like this was completely different than any others or maybe something happened that year or at the film fest or maybe a particular film or a person you met? Yeah. Or... Yeah. Uh, 2018, <laughs> I think 2018 was the turning point for the festival. Um, and I think 2018 was when like the festival finally understood the true culture that they had in St. Pete. And that was when we understood that like, okay, we're not going to chase after, you know, the big time filmmakers. Mm -hmm. What we got here are the local guys. And these guys are the rock stars. These are the the true superstars that we need to promote in, in this community. And, you know, we all had a, a sit down meeting after that year and was like, we're not, we're not trying to target the big guys anymore. Mm. It was like, if they want to come to the festival, they can. <laughs> but our whole thing is like, you know what? We got an awesome community here in St. Pete, and there's some talented people that need the spotlight. You know what? From now on, we're going to focus on the local. And that was a, literally 2018 was was the turning point for the festival. Nice. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And I, I think also, um, it's what, you know, you bring up that point about, you know, the, the big name people, the people who have been doing this for years, you know, they have the resources, they're well known. Exactly. They don't need a lot of promotion. I mean, everybody needs promotion, but like, I would put it to a comparison to like college athlete sports mm-hmm. compared to pro sports. You know, the college athletes, they're working hard. Hard. They, oh, yeah. they <laughs> want to get to the NFL or the NHL. or It's the know, spirit NBA. behind it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, they have the drive. They have the heart. That's when they're the most purest. They're not, no, you know, no longer like turning down projects as, hey, well, that's, I just don't want to do that. They're not paying me enough. Like these right. guys mm-hmm. are doing anything. Yeah. You know, and that's, um, and I'll ask you this question too, based on your experiences in, <clears throat> you know, the production field and the industry, and we'll get a little bit more into what you personally do as well. Yeah. Um, I guess what I was going to ask is, do you also see, I've seen in the past, basically people are very willing in the independent community, especially mm-hmm. to just be able to help you out. Yeah. <clears throat> like you could walk up to somebody who, I don't know, is a cinematographer. Maybe they, you know, they're just trying to get their portfolio together or a guy Mm -hmm. who does a little bit of editing or a sound person or a lighting person, whatever, and say, hey, I got this movie I'm working on. I don't really have any money, but I could use a lot of help and I'll put your name in the credit. I found in in my past, that was so easy to do, to get a yes to. And I was also a yes. What's your experience on that? Yeah, I've actually seen, there's a a flip side to it. I've seen a lot of that. Um, where if you just approach uh, a well-known, you know, local cinematographer here and you have a great script, uh, they will come on because like, say for instance, this is, this may be your first, you know, feature film, or this may be your first like short film and they will come together and say, you know what, we want to help you out because we want to help you get into a higher level. You know, you may be at an amateur level, but with my my cinematography, I can actually help you out. So I've seen that, but I've also seen the other side where you do have people who have done it for a while, 
They've been on a couple of feature films. They got a little name, but they, they moved back home. And because they're not consistently working, they feel a little jaded and they feel like, okay, well, I deserve to have this be paid. Yeah. And like, especially as a college student coming out and hearing that, that can be a little, little bit discouraging. Yeah. Because you're coming to this person because you're looking at them like, oh, I, I've seen that you worked on this project and you worked with this actor and that director. Like, I would love to shoot with you. And But sometimes I feel like within the community, sometimes there is this kind of hierarchy that kind of distorts the whole magic behind it. Right. And I feel like if we can continue bringing that magic of like, okay, we need this is a younger guy. You know, he's just now getting started. He or she is just now getting started. Let me help them out. I'm not wasting my time by doing this. Let me just go ahead and donate my time and services towards them so they can at least get the exposure that they need. Right. If we can get back to that, um, <laughs> I feel like we can we can push the, the community further when we do it. But to answer your question, I do see there's, there's more pros to um, seeing a local cinematographer come in or a local director come to a, a new guy and say, I will help you out because you have good talent. Yeah, and then, and like you said, it's not really again. It's not a it's not a waste of time if you're helping someone else try to be successful. Exactly. You know, you're you're like you said donating, but I think mm-hmm. you're almost really gifting the time to also be a part of something that could. You never know what tomorrow brings. You never you know. know. Yeah, <clears throat> that could mean movie could be the next Blair Witch Project. You know, you spend exactly. you know <laughs> ten to five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, and you make multi millions. You know? Yeah, you know, you're a huge success. You but, just never you never know, and and. To bring back on the the film festival, like one of the reasons why, like I I've, I've stayed and and you know helped out Tony and helped build this up is that we are allowing people's imagination to be like broadcast on a screen. You know that's the really cool part about that, and it's like why not like try to help out a, a newcomer that's in the in the industry because if you ever been to a film festival, you know the excitement. Of like having your your feature film or your short film being displayed on a screen, like mm-hmm. it's the most magical moment that you can ever experience <laughs> as a filmmaker. So it's like to cut that down to someone. It's like, hey, you know, you're you're not you're not really helping out. You're kind of like keeping it down. So yeah. at the end of the day, just just stay humble and you know and um, and understand that you know you can actually help someone get that magical moment. Absolutely. Why don't I give you this balloon animal and then I'm just going to blow it up? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically what it is. It's like, I'm just going to pop it. It's like, why not? Like, you're destroying it, but. Welcome to the film biz. Or or, or it's literally, or or literally, you're giving a kid a candy. They're, they're, they're licking the lollipop for a little bit. And it's like, oh, nope, time to give it away. I got to put it back up. up. It's like, wait, I just, I just. Tasted all this flavor and now it's gone. So <laughs> no more candy for you. No more candy for you. <laughs> so let me ask you, um, you know, because I, I want I want to focus a little bit more with you. Okay. Some other projects. What what else are you working on? What have you done? What you know? How did you kind of begin? Um, okay. Side projects. So um, my my skill set is a little interesting because um, I wanted to start off in martial arts films. Uh, me personally, um, as an African-American, um, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine about this, but there is a lot of, of the African martial arts that a lot of people don't know about. We, we praise the, you know, Chinese and the J- uh, Japanese about their martial arts, 
but a lot of people don't know about African martial arts. And it's so amazing. I want to start integrating that. And we saw a glimpse of, of the African martial arts in Black Panther. Okay. There was a glimpse of that. <clears throat> and I was like, that needs to be explored a little bit more. So I would love to... I would love to start bringing that out and show that side of of martial arts that it's not just China and Japan; it's also Africa as well. Right. You know, so um, as a as an African American, but also as a filmmaker, I wanted to be known as like the action guy. Yeah, you know, and and put out my work. And I started in that. I, I you know, me and my friend, we both take uh, Muay Thai and, and uh, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So I have that background, but I want to be able to demonstrate that within filmmaking. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, so I, I literally I just want to be known as the action guy. Like, the action if you, guy. you 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 want any action piece, you got to call Big B. Like, you got to go to him because like he's gonna design it for you. He got a lot of people. Like, honestly, I got a chance to um, before uh, before he passed, I went to a small. Uh, I'm not gonna mention the group, but I went to a private. Uh, um, group session that Chadwick Boseman was at, oh, wow, and um, wow. I got a chance to meet him uh, very briefly. And he was a very pleasant man, and um, right before he got on the Black Panther, and yeah, he's an awesome dude. But you know, watching people like him, and I grew up watching uh, Bruce Lee, um, those oh, and Jackie Chan. Those are literally my my inspiration onto why I want to be a action film director. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So, um, you say it's, it's, if you want to be the action, have you learned any um, choreography, uh, fight yeah, choreography? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we went to the, the private session, um, we were learning how to shoot for action as oh, okay. cinematographers. And then we also took like a small little stunt class oh, that's cool. afterwards. So it was pretty cool. I learned a few things. So I'm, I'm, I, I have enough knowledge where I can actually speak to a uh, stunt coordinator and a fight choreographer. Oh, okay. So... Two different people. So here's the thing is that a lot of people think it's like, oh, yeah, let me get a stunt coordinator uh, to do the fights. Now, stunt coordinator is the person who is is the logistics behind the stunts and help transition with, you know, safety, uh, rigging, uh, padding and all that. But then your um, fight coordinator is the person that actually designs the fight and then he communicates with the different choreographers to actually do the steps and the beats too. Gotcha. So these are two different people, and when you go hire these people, you gotta have the understanding of like what you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, are you looking for safety and rigging, or are you actually looking for something to be choreographed and have a, a sequence <laughs> uh, throughout your film? Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. So that's that's my thing. Um, I'm I'm currently revamping. A short film that we did, and we showcased that sunscreen six years ago, uh, literally to this this year. Um, it's called Vindictive. Okay. And basically, the storyline of that you have a rogue <laughs> MMA fighter that gets haunted by the mafia due to a tragedy that he caused. So you have a mob leader, uh, which is his name is JT Coven, who witnessed his brother being violently murdered in an underground fight. Well, come to find out that. This MMA fighter is actually a hitman that was sent out to take out their syndicate. So basically from there, he basically kicked the, kicked the, the wasp nest. And now everyone's all coming to find out who set up the hit. They're going to take out him and they're going to take out the person who set up the hit for him. 
Like so, sounds like a very dope film. Like I can't wanna see this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, we got the same. Literally, we went to pitch fest at Sunscreen, mm-hmm. and literally, we got the same response six years ago. Uh, this year, like literally, people were like, "Oh shoot, this is this is really cool." Same reaction. So we know we have something that is is really good. But um, but yeah, like I want I want people to know that Brian Williams is the action guy. You nice. want something that is put together and very polished, then you contact Brian because he's he's definitely going to direct you to the right fight choreographer mm-hmm. or he's just going to have the peace in his mind to know this is the moves that we need to make. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. And I, that sounds like something I would like too because I'm a big mob and hitman type movie yeah. myself. So <laughs> you just you add that aspect into it. It's awesome. The episode we just recorded, and I don't know when it's going to be posted, so we may be screwing up my own continuity on this one. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's I a podcast. Just... Who cares about continuity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just talking about how I'm really looking forward to the new Bullet Train movie with Brad Pitt coming out. Ooh, yeah. It's like smoking aces with assassins. Assassin, yeah. On yeah. A, like a high-speed train and a briefcase. Yeah. Like really, it's a, it looks like it's just a funny, dumb action movie, and I cannot wait to see this. Movie. You know what though, in the time frame that we in, like I've seen the uh, I've seen the temperature of like what needs to be out there, and obviously I'm seeing a lot of comedy stuff that's starting to revamp. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing a lot of buddy buddy uh, comedy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cop uh, 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 comedy, um, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, what is it? Um, kind of like your your rush hours, yeah. Um, okay. Let's be cops. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was. Good. <laughs> I like let's be cops. Uh, I like that one. Old school one, like forty eight hours. Oh, forty eight hours. Action movie. I mean, <laughs> literally, I I just watched that. Uh, rewatched it because I only uh, when I, I I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was younger because the language and everything yeah. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. My parents trying to keep me away from it, but I just recently watched the full movie, and man, it it was that was great. It really was great. Uh, the storyline taking like a cop that was. You know, on his way out, and then literally he has this, you know, this this hope of, you know, regaining his his clout within his unit, and like he goes with Eddie Murphy and try to you know take down this case, and it's been like <laughs> it's been like a rat race the, the yep. entire time because Eddie Murphy is basically trying to find this this prize car that he always had, yep. you know. So it's it's a cool it's a cool film, and and it has that you know. Uh, Kind of like that buddy like mm. relationship, yeah. which I I kind of love when it comes down to film. Yeah, that was back when they did like the love hate relationship. You know, they yeah. hate each other, but they're together. Mm-hmm. And back then, it, you know, it didn't dawn on me because I was younger. Like mm-hmm. you know, when it came out, and I didn't think about it. But going back to it now, thinking back, I'm like, what a weird combination of two actors. I'm like, <laughs> you would never think to put Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte Nick, together yeah, Nick Nolte, to be like. Yeah. But you know it, it worked. worked. It worked, and even the sequel was good. You know, even the sequel was it was, called another forty eight yep, hours. Another yeah. forty eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the last Boy Scout with um, yep. Bruce Willis and the guy from Rush Hour. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name at the moment. Oh um, no, you're talking. Um, so oh, no, you, yeah, the last yeah. Boy Scout with Wayne's? Yeah, yeah, it's with the Wayne's. Yeah, 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 yeah last Boy thinking, Scout. You're thinking Chris Tucker from, it, but um, he, I, I don't think he's in the last Boy Scout. No, okay. it's um. What movie am I thinking of then? Your Boy Scout is with um, one of the Wayne's brothers. Yeah, I think it's Damien. And, and Damien, yeah, Damien Wayne, uh, Wayne's, and then <laughs> it's um, yeah, I think it's Bruce Willis. Yep, yeah, Bruce Willis with that. So um, yeah, another great movie. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so many. That's kind of like I'm, we've talked about it a lot, and let me get your opinion on this as well. Too mm-hmm. was. The way the movies are now compared to 
what they were back in the 80s, 90s, which those are some of the best times, in my opinion. Even mm-hmm. older movies than that were really good. How do you feel if things have changed? Like, what would you like to see come back? I know you mentioned bring back the kind of the buddy cop. The buddy cop, thing. yeah. Um, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like nowadays, it's too realistic mm-hmm. to the point where it's starting to scare people. Um, life itself sometimes is already scary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have lost the whole escapism where we can actually dive into a character and kind of put ourselves in this imaginary world and escape for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that like we're seeing now in movies that are like real life that people go through, you know, uh, maybe a loss of a loved one or a divorce or just, you know, uh, Money laundering, yep. like things that are really going on and like uh, credit scamming and like there's a lot of realistic things that we already hear in the news constantly that like I don't want to see that right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to <laughs> escape that and go into this world and this universe that I can kind of, you know, take a vacation in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the essence where we kind of need to go back to. That's why so so many people are assessed with the nineties. So many people are assessed with the the midnight uh, mid eighties and in the nineties in the because literally that was the last time that we were uh, unified mm-hmm. as a, as a country and as a world at that point. Uh, well, there's a lot of things that were going on in the eighties, but as far as America, that's the last time we felt safe. That's the last <laughs> time we felt unified. Um, that was literally the last time that we actually had true examples in all industries, mm-hmm. you know, honest examples in this industry, you know, and, and, you know, after that decade, a lot of things changed. A lot of things changed. We, we actually saw the ugly of, of America. So I kind of wish that we can kind of get back to that mm-hmm. where it's like, take us back to a place where we can feel like a kid again, or we can feel that excitement or, we can we can reminisce about that high school crush that we had, yeah. you know. Um, that's why I believe that Stranger Things is doing so well. Yeah, yeah. It's because they're <laughs> and they're very smart. The Duffy Brothers, they're 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 very smart on what they're doing. Is that they're taking different movies and different music that we can relate to and combining it all into uh, um, uh, an entire series, and they're creating a universe behind it. But when you think about it, all those different series took, you know, place from, um, they took, uh, uh, what, what is it? The first one was... Like 83 or 84. 83 or 84. Ghostbusters. So you had the Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they did uh, um, Kiss the Girl. You mm-hmm. know, that was another mm-hmm. one. Um, and then they, I think in season three, um, they did... They went to the mall and they kind of basically did... Um, Oh, what is it? Fast Times Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um, and there was another one. So this season now that I'm starting to see is that they're they're doing a little bit of Freddy. Uh, they're doing a little bit of Carrie. Yep. Um, well, they actually have Freddy in it. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Freddy, the guy who played Freddy. Yeah. And they actually like talk about Freddy mm-hmm. in the in, in the show. So it's like they're hitting nostalgic touch points that we remember. And I believe, as a filmmaker, if we can gather our thoughts and gather our resources back to that, remember those things, I feel like we can finally get back to a connection in filmmaking that we once had. Yep. So, 
kind of like that point you brought up too. It's like <clears throat> you know, let's let's bring back what made those films in that decade wonderful, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, let's not do what they've been doing, yes. which is just rebooting everything. It's like literally watching. Every, I've said this to these guys so many times. Like literally watching the same thing I watched. When I was younger, mm-hmm. just with a different cast, yeah, and then the scripts don't veer <laughs> up, and they do it either a full, a full rehash of exactly the same movie, just with different people, or mm. they change it completely and ruin it. You know, they, yeah. they change every aspect of it. But no, I, I completely agree with you on that. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, kind of, since you know, I like where your thought process on a lot of things, because I think we think a lot alike about yeah. stuff. <laughs> so we talked about the community. Let's kind of get back to that for a minute, okay. and, and the production community in itself. And um, you know, what what is it you've experienced, you personally, with the community? What mm-hmm. would you like to see with local? Um, like, what would you like to see next year, at sunscreen, or next year's projects, or like, what do you see for yourself? What do you want to happen in Pinellas County? And it's a big question. Um, that's a big very, question. Yeah, very yeah it's different. One, but... We can we can break it down into different <laughs> yeah. layers because uh, I've been thinking about this. I've been talking to quite a few uh, friends of mine that are in the industry. So here's the thing: is um, we love Gasparilla. Uh, those are our friends. You know, we don't. Uh, they they have their own style on what they do as far as the film festivals and Sunscreen have our own style of what we do here. And um, the one thing that we notice is that. Sunscreen and Gasparilla are literally the two legs that hold up the area. You know, it used to be more film festivals out there, but they kind of withered away because, you know, there's a lot there, there's a lot that goes into right. making a festival and making it successful. So outside of that, there's really nothing that happens outside of those two major film festivals unless you actually work on a film. But then when you're working on the film, you're making the film. You're all about... You know, working together and, and staying up late hours to complete something that is magical, you don't really get that. You get a bonding experience, but you don't truly get something where it's like, hey, I can I honestly call you my friend. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we need to start having <laughs> inward, you know, community as far as like meeting up, you know, maybe going having like a filmmaker dinner that we can do like maybe once or twice out of the month or maybe it's by uh or or quarterly that we can all come together throw like some big huge party hey i'm working on this uh do you need my help and and get things started that way um i I love the community of what atlanta is doing um they have a lot of little small little groups um that they're putting together one of the groups that like i don't know if anybody knows about it it's called the rough cut it's basically is like these college students that graduated, they worked on films. But then what happened is, is that once they worked on the films, there was really nothing going on. So mm-hmm. we started these little social groups and people started coming out. They had these parties. Then word starts to trickle. It was like, hey, have you heard about the rough cut? Like, I met this one producer that came by and like now he's working on like, he's working on uh, Walking Dead. He's getting us, uh, he's getting me an opportunity yeah. to work on The Walking Dead. So creating those opportunities will be great because there's so many people that are moving to Florida. There's so many people that are moving to St. Pete that are creative. Mm-hmm. That the thing is that most film festivals don't even get a chance to touch because when they get into the city, the first thing that they do, they get put into a uh, marketing firm. 
and they work for the marketing firms and they have no idea about the film community that is here. Mm -hmm. There's a really big, I'm not going to mention her name, but there's an up and coming uh, a female DP that a friend of mine uh, had a conversation with. He's looking for her to actually direct his new, uh, his new feature. She had no clue about the film community in St. Pete. <laughs> she was like, oh, all I know is about is Miami or Orlando. But she was like, I didn't know that you guys were really, you know, popping like that in St. Pete. He was like, yeah, this is what's, this is what's going on. And there's a huge festival called the Sunscreen Film Festival down there. And, like, there's a lot of things that are, like, booming down there. She didn't even know. But the fact is, is that if we start these meetups mm. where people can talk, you know, word spreads like fire. Yeah. You get a couple people at a party. And they meet some people that actually can change their lives, then people are going to be talking about it later on. And I think that's the thing that we need to do is that we need to bridge the gap. Mm. Got a lot of young kids now are coming in. They're buying these equipment because it's cheaper now, mm-hmm. but they don't have the guidance. Yeah. You got to get the guys who've been in the industry for 10, 10 plus years or more and get them together, get them all in the same room and have them educate them and let them know, hey, I'm gonna help you out. This is where you need to go because I've, you know, shot a feature film, made money from it, got distribution. Like these kids don't know anything about yeah. this. They're just cool equipment. All right, I got a story. Let's go out there and shoot. Yay! Yep. And then they don't know. They don't have any plans about distribution. It's just we shot a feature film. That's it. They, they, it's a place where they can, you know, get their clout. May, maybe show off to you know their significant others bring their uh, uh, families and friends, and then that's about it. But they don't know that there's another side to, to the filmmaking world. So I believe having these little parties, <laughs> getting together, bridging the gap between the young and the old, I really believe that we can really explode, starting next year, a very strong community and moving forward into that. So, nice. Yeah. Now, that would be a good little like network mixer type thing like you're talking about. That would be a really cool idea. And the other thing about, you know, like I said, a lot of people know that we do this here in St. Pete. Yeah. But it's been such a huge vacation spot for so long that you and <laughs> people who have been here, we've got some of the most beautiful beaches. Uh, you know, you have a downtown, you have, you know, a rural looking area, you know, mm-hmm. areas around here. We have, you know, uh, suburban looking areas. If you go down to downtown St. Pete, one area looks modern, and then you go into another area like Old Northeast. Old and Northeast. Stuff, <laughs> and yeah. you have, you can look, you can do a movie that you felt like you were back in the 50s or something yeah. on, you know, and, you know, we do have so many different styles of uh, construction, you know, mm-hmm. here, you know, you, you have your Miami look, you know, you have yeah. your, you know, you Spanish just tile. Yeah, Spanish tile. Um, so you, you can do a whole, whole lot. I mean, just... Even with raw footage of if you just need a breaker pan of, of a beautiful sunset, I mean, you can take your camera right by the bridge there and just pan, bam, you got your footage right there. No permissions needed. You just did what you did. Literally, I've had a picture that I took during the pandemic, and, like, literally I had someone pay me about 50 bucks just to get it. And just because they wanted to use it for another project that they had. And I was like... <laughs> like this is cool like like and this guy didn't even live he didn't even live in the state but he needed a sunset for his project and he saw the sunset that i had and he was like man i wish i lived in florida because I, I i really wish i could i can utilize the space like that mm-hmm. so a lot of people i saw a meme the other day and um this meme basically was talking about what's one thing that you appreciate now when you have money mm-hmm. 
and someone says, um, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you go down on the other list of the meme, and it was like, man, that is the greatest answer I've heard all day. And then you go and scroll down, it's like, no, that's the answer of the day. <laughs> Florida is the answer. Like, no, we have all of the spots. Like, <laughs> why not? Come here, shoot your movie. Like literally, almost anything can like be shot here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the cool thing is like seeing that that meme had some truth to it because yeah. I really believe that like everyone's starting to see that Florida is a hidden gem and has always had been. I well, we always been known for you know uh, crazy parties, hillbillies, and uh, yeah. alligators and alleg- and Florida men and Florida men. Yes, yes. Florida yes. man. Which yep. I've seen that documentary. Oh, yeah, have you? It's, it's cool. It's a really cool <laughs> documentary. Um, but yeah, we we were known for that, but um, now we're known for something different. Now. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be selfish here and take a moment and just say, so I was born and raised here in St. Pete, yeah. lived here my whole life. So for all the people out there that always made fun of Florida, Florida. now everybody wants to come here, ha. Mm. Yeah, we I told you so. Yeah. We told you I'm so. I'm from New York. I was making fun of Florida until my mom moved us down here. And I had no choice. Yeah, yeah, we told you so. Yeah. We told you that Florida was awesome and you didn't want to believe us. And now you do. Well, and it used to be a thing where, you know, people come down. It was well known for retirees. Yeah. Like, we were the old people place. place. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, and then it slowly yeah. got pushed further and further south. So once we filled up, this became what they started building up a younger community here. And then the older people started going down to Sarasota. Yeah. And Sarasota became a younger community. Now everybody's like in Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Bend, you yeah, know, all the way yeah. down there. We're pushing them down to Naples, basically. Yeah. <laughs> all the way to the Everglades where all the snakes yeah. are. But <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I moved down here, my cousin was making fun of me. He was like, uh, so you just skipped the whole, you know... Work, work the rest of your life, and then retire in Florida. You just retire in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful weather, so that's the other thing. It's like I, I, I laugh at it. You know, it'll be like mid January, and it's like, yeah, well, it's you know seventy here, yeah. and you know it's negative two up there. And, yeah, darn, I, yeah. I sure do hate still being able to wear shorts. I, know. <laughs> I love the winters here, but I hate the summers. I mean, yeah, the summers here, you pretty much got to walk around naked just to survive. Yeah. It's yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, this is our winter. Now, then, like, I think it's yeah. 92, feels like 105 outside right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my, my mom will do the same thing. She'll be like, well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll you know, call her in December, and it's she's in Foothills, Virginia, and it's snowing. St- yeah, snowing up there. And like, well, we're not going outside. Well, what do you guys do in the summer? Well, yeah, I mean, the beaches are crowded, but, you know, if it's too hot, we don't go outside. We don't go outside. <laughs> yeah, we wait. We actually wait. Yeah, yeah. If you're a true Floridian, you know you wait until, like, the fall. Oh, yeah. Then you go do all your, like, water sports and everything because during the summer, it's just tours. Yeah, yeah. I, will, I will not play golf until, like, September now. Yeah. I really won't. Yeah, because <laughs> you know. You know. But I don't know. I mean, um, I know we've been getting a lot of influx on a lot of things, so I don't know if this scale of people who are going to come down hopefully yeah right. yeah we have few few people can you know not come to florida yeah, <laughs> yeah. only because that the housing in the in the and the rental market you know yeah. drives it up that much higher that's the only downside to it yeah i'm sorry but, folks florida's closed yeah <laughs> yeah moose that front should have told you <laughs> that's like a non-national influence vacation yeah he's talking to wally he's yeah. like you man went down to florida if it was cool but they can't close the whole state of florida yeah yeah <laughs> So, so I, I want to ask this question to you guys. So, like, obviously we're, we're all filmmakers. What is one film that, like, really did it for you that it was the spark? It was like, okay, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to do this. Like, 
Well, he turned the tides on us. Yeah. Oh, nicely done. Yikes. Um, let's see here. For me, I've, I've loved movies since I was just a small I've been watching them since I can't even remember when I can remember. Um, you know, obviously love one of my favorite movies is Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything, drama, suspense, uh, you know, obviously action and comedy and, and fun special effects that still to this day hold up. Um, but I remember actually what kind of got me, and it's a weird story, it's a weird thing, but I was, you know, being a younger kid, loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So when those live action movies came out and they came to the third one, and actually as a kid, I thought it was horrible. And so I said, I'm going to write the fourth one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, mind you, I'm like, you know, 10 years old or whatever I you was. You didn't like Go saying, Ninja Go? <laughs> I saved that movie. Somewhere I still have that script. It's about 10 pages long, so... It didn't turn out to be the full length that I wanted it to be. As a kid, when you're 10 years old, that's a full length feature for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I started writing ever since then. It was really just watching those movies because I just remember getting like just enthralled and done like watching Never Ending Story and, you know, Ghostbuster, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I mean, the list goes on and on and then serious ones as well. But that's really kind of what that moment when I actually have wanted to start writing it myself and i remember mm. for some reason that stupid movie ninja turtles <laughs> was the one but it was because i had such judgment on the third one i said no we gotta fix this we gotta fix yeah, it. yeah I, I, I don't have the number to hollywood to get a hold of them but i'll go and write it yeah i'll send it out to them and i believe i actually mailed it i don't know where it actually went to but i think i mailed it just <laughs> to to whom it may concern hollywood california or something <laughs> <laughs> that's a god true story Never got a response, so I guess I didn't have the proper cover letter or anything on there, and you know, rejection, on it. rejection from Rocksteady and Bebop. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of really what got my love for film. Awesome, awesome. I think Tony's the only one here who called himself a filmmaker because he actually has made uh, films before. But um, I know what got me into wanting to do this with Tony is me and him were up at the bar. We've been friends for a while, and I'm. One of my favorite movies of all time got panned in the reviews, but me and my friends love it. It's The A-Team with Liam Neeson. Oh, wow. Love yeah. that movie. And anytime I get a chance to talk about that movie and how the genius writer said, we're going to fly a tank in this movie. Like, well, how are we going to do this? We're going to fucking do it. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever, any chance I get to talk about this movie and try and convince people, like, no, this is a good movie. Whatever Siskel and Ebert said, they could go eat a dick. Like, this is, yeah. a, really, this is a good, fun action movie. <laughs> And I, he, a couple weeks later, he's like, hey, I want to start a podcast. I was like, about movies? He's like, yes. I'm, can I talk about the A-Team? He's like, once. I was like, okay. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you get one round. Yeah. <laughs> one round. <laughs> that rule got bent a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're back today. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, well, I would say a movie has been big for me when I was ever since I was a kid. Um haven't done anything in the in the actual industry uh, besides the show, but um, I had a I had a VHS tape, and uh, the three movies that were on there were um, number one was Howard the Duck, mm. and then that went into Goonies, and then Return of the Jedi, mm. and so it was like a giant, you know. Just full, the, solid list. The VHS <laughs> felt heavy when you picked it up. Yeah. It's like the weight of the world was on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just like continually watched that, and then my parents bought me Top Gun, and uh, so being five years old, going over to my my uncle would be would be babysitting me. I want to watch Top Gun. I want to watch Top Gun. Yeah. Watched it so much that I thought you know the middle finger was cool, and and uh, my mom. 
my mom uh, had some old ladies at a gas station pull us over on a long road trip. Said, you know your son's been in the back air flipping everybody the bird for the past three miles? <laughs> 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 so I had those and I just fell in love with, you know, just like what you said earlier, being able to get lost in that story. Yeah. Um, you know, reading books was, you know, that's people, some people's way. Mine was always, was always movies. And then um, I started getting to thinking about writing one um, after watching the movie uh, Legion. Mm, okay. uh, so that's when um, when uh, the angel comes Our down, angel comes down, yeah, and he tries to keep um, you know God's plan from actually going out because he doesn't feel that humanity should be you know um, wiped out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so mine, uh, my idea was, um, well, you know, I was raised a Southern Baptist, so I got kind of taught like a little scripture growing up. So I was like, yeah. well, they don't really talk about like the actual fight. Yeah, like you know, with Michael actually winning Coming and down, kicking, yeah, yeah like, kicking the devil's ass and sending yeah. him, sending him home. <laughs> like, what would that be? And so I thought, like, started getting like an idea of writing a a um, a script of like a, the actual fight, fight. The battle for hell, like, or excuse me, in heaven, like when maybe you know, like when God kinda, like, takes him make, out, yeah, well, kind of make the devil seem a little more humanized as mm-hmm. to you know, because he was a apparently number two. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. You know, I don't want to be number two anymore. I want to be number one. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how he convinced, you know, and how persuasive he was and bringing, bringing in his followers. And then the fight, like, all right, was there maybe a turning point where, mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're, the good guys aren't going to win, you know, yeah. what like turns, you know, kind of give it a little drama in there. So, well, no, cool. if you get to get it made, you know who to find. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. The action guy. The action guy, baby. The action guy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like, actually, um, I had uh, something similar to that. Uh, there was this one. It was, it was kind of like a demon hunter type of thing where you have an angel that actually comes down. And, like, you know how the whole thing that we have, like, guarding the angels. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, um, he didn't complete one of his missions. And... His mission was to protect someone, and it actually went south. So, basically, God told him, was like, uh, you can't come back up here until you can fix your problems. So, what he's been doing in time being, he's been, like, hunting demons on his own until he crossed paths with uh, another, uh, like, a civilian. <laughs> and basically say, oh, this is my rainy moment. I can protect him. Well, to come to find out, this person also is deals with, like, witchcraft and, like, is helping the angel extract uh, uh, some of these these demons and okay. like that. So now you have this person who is like basically a, a exorcist, and they're working together. And like you have this angel and then this person who extracts the demons. They're just tag teaming each other, yeah, yeah, and just slaying it. So awesome. yeah, I, I um, I've seen a couple movies. I think what was the the movie with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, uh, End of Days. End of Days. Mm-hmm. So I've seen End of Days. I've seen that. I've seen uh, Blade, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh man, that would be kind of like a cool combination to blend those type of yeah. storylines together." Oh, I've seen Constantine. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Constantine was another reason why, like that, and <laughs> I've seen a bunch of Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, um, watching those films um, kind of gave me a lot of inspiration of like the direction I want for my universe. But the one film that really did it for me for universe was Jurassic Park. Okay. Jurassic Park really gave me that opportunity to really like <laughs> dive in because one, I was a kid and I love dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a given. That, like yeah. Steven Spielberg, he did his 
he did his research when he did that film. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you actually felt, you felt for some of these dinosaurs that mm-hmm. were kept in these cages, mm-hmm. and realizing that Engine was wanted to have their own plan on extracting them to make them be like an amusement park. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang, like, okay, I wanted something cool, but now I feel bad for these dinosaurs, and I'm like. All right, man, like, this is really interesting. So he kind of humanized the actual dinosaurs. And that was pretty cool how he wrote the script because... Well, he did that real good with the um, the meeting that they have at the table when they all finally get there. They finally know, get there, yeah. The nostalgia sets in, but yeah. then they finally get down to talk about it. And that guy, they yeah. feel like, you know, just like you explained... Well, you know, you have this plant over here that's poisonous, but you got it because it because looks Because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Yeah. What are you really trying to accomplish here? Yeah. <laughs> and he just has the blood-sucking lawyer Lawyers, on side. yeah. <laughs> on, on his side. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we can charge all this amount of money. money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jurassic Park was the film that did it for me. And it was like, I really want to get into filmmaking. And then the second one was Jackie Chan. Mm. Watch, literally watching all his films. After nice. I saw that, I was like... Oh, well, I know I have a place in the industry. Let's go. Let's go. Let's kick some ass. Let's go. Let's make it happen. So that was um, that was my turning point as a kid, and here I am. Nice. You know, I'm on, I'm on that road now. So, Very cool, so. man. It's a hell of a journey. Yeah. I mean, it's it a, it's, it's just, you know, hearing so far, you know, what you've been doing, how you connected with everything. So I think that's awesome. I think it's a good story for everybody. Yeah. Um, just if you find something you love, you just keep at it. Keep doing you know, it. Keep yeah. that path. Um, you know, you're going to have tumbles, you're going to have trips and falls, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think we did actually got to do an interview with Tony a while back uh, before the film festival. And, you know, I said, if there was advice you can give somebody, what would it be? He's like, just, just make the movie, just make a bad movie. He's yeah. like, yeah, you got to make everybody's first movie is not going to be great. great. He's like, but, you know, overcoming that and saying, okay, now I know what not to do or, yeah, you know, meeting the right people or networking and being mm-hmm. smart about it for you go gung-ho and jump in, you know, all in, you know, maybe have a little bit of planning. Like you said, some people get so excited that they just want to say, let's just get it done and we'll worry about it later. Yeah, and it's like, I've I've talked to so many different, like, filmmakers, because literally there's thousands of filmmakers that come through throughout the the four days. And I sit there and I I talk with them and like like you said, there's no plan. There's no plan of action. So it's like, we really got to... You gotta show them what to do. Like, yeah, you can go out and go film your movie, but if you don't have a plan, <laughs> you're just an idiot that has a, a, a pretty rock. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, look at my rock. <laughs> you're like showing yeah. around. It's like, I can't do anything with this rock. It doesn't have legs. I can't can't make money off this rock. Yeah. Like, I can break it up in little pieces. That's about it. Yeah. But now you have a rock. I have a rock. Like, that's all. That's all yeah. I can do. But instead of making Instead of having a rock, make something that has value. Yep. And I think that's the main thing with the newcomers is make your movie. You, I would say this. I oppose this thing. Not everyone's going to make their first good movie. But sometimes you get lucky. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just meet the right people. Yep. And they come together and they believe in something. And they say, you know what? We're going to work at this and we're going to make it awesome. And sometimes your first go around... <laughs> Maybe may not be that bad, you know. Yeah, you will probably stumble and make a bad decision based on you know working with different people, and you may experience, and it's just inexperience and yeah. stuff. And you just you just make that decision. And it's like okay, a lesson learned. But I don't believe that 
your first go around can actually be a disaster for you. Yeah, it can actually turn out to be something really great. Oh you know? yeah, absolutely. And and you can and you can actually have a polished project. Mm-hmm. Um, one advice that I would tell anybody who's trying to get into the film festival circuit is they're called shorts for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) They're called shorts for a reason. Keep it short. Like, oh my God. Like, okay, so I I can, I can talk about this now because now we're past the the film festival, but literally we had people sending in like 30 minute, like shorts. Now, granted, we just opened up our web series uh, section to the festival about like maybe four years ago, three years ago. And we're just now getting like, you know, pilots for, for different shows. Um, but these people are sending full on like 30 minutes. And then you expect a programmer to sit there knowing that you have 400 movies that you need to go through. It's like, come on, man. Like the, the shorter the story is, the more that you can get. It's tougher, but it's a better option for you to shop around because time is money. If you're trying to pitch it, and trying to if you're doing your elevator pitch, literally you have anywhere between you got the first ten seconds to pitch to someone or get their attention, the first five seconds to get to, to pique their interest, to have them listen, and then you pull out your phone and say, "Hey, this is a short." If you can show a short in a matter of three minutes, you have something, you know. So sending in a thirty-minute short, it's not really a short. You know, a short is anything between like a minute to literally like 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, keep your story concise, keep it compact, but keep it interesting, keep it simple. And that's the only advice that I can, that's one of the advice I can give to anybody who's looking to shoot a short film and get their stuff into festivals, keep it short, keep it exciting and just compact and move it forward. So yeah, like that's the thing. But we 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 go through so many films, <laughs> so many films, and sometimes there's a lot of bad films. <laughs> sometimes you're sitting there and like, "What are you thinking? Who wrote this?" Like, <laughs> but at the same time, and it's like everyone's learning. Like you said, you you have to make that bad film. Yep. And everyone who makes that first short film or they continue to make the bad film. Like, eventually, some people, they just catch on. They learn. But some don't. Mm. And some of them, just going to a film festival and having it featured, is they are a hobby. That's their hobby, is being a part of the, the culture and being a part of what is going on. Even though their film may never be distributed or, or get picked up by Netflix or Hulu, they know that hey, I got a chance to get my film in the festival, nice. and that's the that that at the end of the day, that's the beauty of like the community. If they know that they can create something and be creative, then that's all that matters, you know. So uh, I encourage people continue make your shorts, but make sure <laughs> cut cr- crush it down a little bit, yep. crush it down a little bit, and make it make it more simple. So. It's funny you say that because literally before you got here, I just showed these two guys um, just this little five minute short. Mm-hmm. There's this guy that's talking about uh, this like a lightsaber battle. Yeah, but it was this this com- this actual sword fighter, this actual professional who like broke down all the scenes and said, "Why would you need to swing it this way? And it wouldn't be realistic. It's just light." So they actually choreographed a real sword fight 
using lightsabers, but they incorporated a story. It's what I just showed you on there. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it, very cinem- uh, cinematic, it really looked cool. And yeah. and it, it told a story within it. It was a very short story, yeah. but it had a story from beginning to end, and it was five minutes. So just to that point, I, and I literally just showed it to him before he showed up. So. And it actually left an impression, because every time one of the fighters would do a Jedi <laughs> move, the the professional would just cut him down instantly. It's like, yeah. you don't do that ever in a real <laughs> yeah. sword fight. Why, why, why are you flourishing in front of me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a, a behind-the-scenes about that, and it's like an hour long, but it's mm. all about watching the guy talking about it. But that's just a side note. It's just funny when you're talking about shorts, make it short. So you can do something like that in five minutes, <laughs> leave an impression. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's good. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> what really got my first start um, into action films, um, I would go to the uh, local dojos and I would film um, the fighters. And I will understand their, their stance and I understand the movement and I understand what I need to do as a camera operator. Like, okay, this person is doing a kick, so I need to be able to have my camera girl at, at this, this length. Mm-hmm. Or if I want like a really tight blow of like a punch, then I need to push in. There's different layers. There's different layers when it comes down to action uh, cinematography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just think, oh, just do traditional Kung Fu movie style. No. Nowadays, it's like there's so many different cuts and um, there's so many different ways that you can actually showcase a kick and stuff. So um, my my initial, I guess you could say, uh, research or studies was definitely going to the dojos and like just watching the different fighters. I mean, these these guys would love, you know, to have their little footage of them training yeah. right. and stuff. So it was an easy sell. Like, yeah. you know, talk to the master and, and say, you know, sensei, like I'm a filmmaker uh, I'm just trying to learn like different things for action films. Can I videotape some of your fighters? And they love it because they get some promotion, and then the, yep. the gym gets promotion, and and then you get a chance to take that footage and dissect it and learn. Absolutely. So, you know, I encourage people to whatever industry or whatever niche that you're trying to do, make sure you do your research beforehand yep. and go into it. So, therefore, your story can be that much stronger. Yep. Nice. Uh, now we got we just have a little bit of time left. Unfortunately, okay. it's hours move quickly when you're really. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a great conversation. conversation. <laughs> really great conversation. Is there something before we wrap up? Uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about promotion wise? Anything going on that you want to talk about, or is there any big thing that you're working on? Um, yes, yes. Um, so uh, as far as today, we we actually have a uh, first ever filmmaking social club party. It's a house nice. party. And this is the first time we're doing it, you know, um, not with any of the film festivals. It's just a group of film uh, filmmakers getting together, you know, and just networking and, and really having a, a house party. You know, uh, it's 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 going to be interesting uh, to see how everything's going to work out. But right now we have a great response. Uh, we started a group page already. Um, it's called uh, uh, Cine, Cine Affiliate. And literally it's just a group of like, filmmakers and we're all coming together and you know, hopefully that can spawn to other little parties, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the city. And, and we don't want it just to be just us. We want to inspire other people to do the same thing because, you know, that builds community. If you're having a party and it's over in Tampa, then we're going to cross the bridge and come over and, and, and go to your party. Mm-hmm. You know, so we wanted to have an opportunity uh, for uh, investors to see that there is a quote unquote pool of talent. Mm-hmm. Even though we're having it at a house party and it's a pool party, but literally there is a pool of talent that you can actually pull from. 
and, and, and use to your uh, resources. Right. So, uh, yeah, um, the social club pool party tonight is going to start at uh, 5 o'clock, and it's going to be at the Dolphin House in uh, South St. Pete. Nice. So it's going to be cool. really cool. So uh, nice. if you guys have anything you know going on later on today, stop by, or if anybody's going to listen to this later on, uh, we're definitely going to be having more parties at the Dolphin House. Uh, I've been talking with the, the owner, and they're really excited to offer uh, their services up to uh, to the film community. Um, it's a, I guess you say, a two and a half story house, mm-hmm. um, and it's right on a lake, and it's perfect for scenery, mm-hmm. uh, different shots um, that you can you can pull out. Um, mm-hmm. She has about like I want to say three rooms that she's renovating for you know different services like podcasts. Um, you can do photo booth, um, and if you just wanted to have like a private shoot, she's she's also often offering that as well. Nice. So. Yeah, well, I just want to promote that today because I really feel like there's something, something big is going to come out of that. You know, a lot of connections are going to be made, and a lot, a lot of people are going to be inspired to continue making shorts, doing features, uh, going to the film festivals, and continue making this community better. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's another thing. One thing that we want to get to is as we network and grow for the show is getting also. You know, we've had like an actress and at the film festival we interviewed mm-hmm. you know filmmakers there but just getting building that up getting more people's opinions having you know being able to promote them mm-hmm. you know vice versa networking so you know stuff like that would be awesome we'll keep in touch also in the future if there's once you oh, get yeah. that networking uh gig going on i i personally I think we, we, we could probably like yeah go to it there. yeah yeah, yeah. and do the, do the show there yeah. you know yeah. uh just the same way you guys came to sunscreen mm-hmm. you know we can just pop up a, a table and you can have people coming in and out. It, it would be pretty interesting because it is kind of like a house party, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll get some pretty interesting stuff out even, of it. Even just to come in, just network, and just yeah. say, hey, here's what we're doing. We could always plan to do a show later, you yeah. know, That's uh, but it would just be kind of interesting because I still, even though I haven't done production in a long time, it's still mm-hmm. in kind of in my blood. Like, it's, you never get rid of it. No. Um, You're always going to be around production people. Which I think when we when I talked to you, we had our kind of pre-interview over the phone before we set this up. You know, I told you, it's like, that's kind of why I did this because... Filmmaker right now with where I'm at in my life right now, it's just, it's not feasible with time and everything and, mm-hmm. and things, but I said, we can do this show, and I found these two guys, and just like you were talking <laughs> about with Doug and Ben, you know, the three works for a yeah. reason, like, I could go on and talk to movies by myself, that doesn't work, you know, mm-hmm. but there are different personalities and our own different opinions, that's what makes this work. Yeah. Um, and I think we've been doing pretty good so far, and we're just hoping to grow more and more, yeah. but... Um, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on. No we'll problem. hope to have you back again, you know, in the future. Oh yeah, you will. You and will. then you know, we'll stay again. in touch and we'll we'll work on some stuff. You know? I have yes, one sir. final question. Sure. Absolutely. So normally we ask our guests what's your favorite movie, but we've been talking about your favorite movies and your inspirations the whole time. So I kind of want to refine it a little bit because you're the action movie guy. What's your favorite fight scene? <laughs> Woo! <Ooh. laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Okay. Mm. Man, All right, that's, that's, <laughs> I know there yeah. are a lot of them, but every there time, is. and the only one I could think of is the final fight in the movie Ip Man, the Chinese uh, version. One. Okay, that's that fight scene just blows me so, away every time. Since we're talking about Ip Man, um, I want to talk about a director that uh, was literally on the rise, but he died early. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was uh, Pana, and he's from Thailand. And he was the he was the mastermind of a, a couple uh, superstars out in Thailand. One we all know him, Tony Jaw. Mm. Um, he was in The Protector, and he also starred in uh, Fast and the Furious. 
Um, there was another superstar that is now starting to branch over into America. He's an African-American martial artist. His name is uh, Maurice Crump. Uh, definitely has to pay respect to him. He's definitely taught me a lot. Uh, and there was another guy. I can't think of his name because it's it's kind of like a harder, mm-hmm. uh, um, I guess you say, Thailand name. Um, but those those guys really helped shape and form the new um, action martial arts okay. in Thailand. So my greatest fight scene has to come from this director that shot the the protector, and it's the hundred man uh, fight. Okay, literally he is using a elephant style fighting uh technique where he is using his arms and his leg to wrap around and like literally snap these guys arms so literally this is if you can look it up on youtube it's called the 100 100 man fight tony jaw and he's trying to save his family's uh um, um elephant he goes in and like all these guards are trying to protect this this elephant because it's the god of their uh, of their village well he's was he was the protector of that that elephant so he had to go back and retrieve the village mm-hmm. elephant. So he saw the way that it was. I'm not going to give away the movie if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I have not. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there's something that happens to the elephant, and it it pisses him off, and he just goes berserk. Okay. And literally, a hundred dudes from nowhere just starts showing up, <laughs> and he's like, ah, 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 boom, boom, boom. And you you can literally hear the bone. And the the the, the one thing that was intriguing to me was the sound design for that fight scene. That's why there's so many different fight scenes that I love, but to me, as a newer age martial arts that's starting this new wave, that fight scene was incredible to me due to, yeah, due, due to the um, the sound design and, and the choreography. It was incredible. It really was. Yeah. And I just found it on YouTube. I will watch that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it goes down as literally... Um, that was like a part of the new age, like martial arts guys. So, nice. Tony Johnson. Awesome. Yeah. That's nice. Good question, man. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, uh, again, I think we got to wrap it up. So, thank you very, very much, sir. Uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, for guys, uh, that was uh, Mr. Brian Williams. But this is Movie Talks and Chill. For Movie Talks and Chill, we are your hosts. I'm Tony Serrato. I'm Devin Butts. I'm Patrick Wall. And our special guest. This is Brian Williams, a.k.a. Big B. Alright guys, until next time, take care. Don't forget guys, you can visit us at our website, movietalksandchill.com, email us at talktous at movietalksandchill.com, or find us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Movie Talks and Chill. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, coming soon to Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcast. New episodes available every Wednesday. Talk to you then. Theme music for our podcast was composed, arranged, and performed by Paul the Rock.